1: Live. Well
2: this is the first I did edition of uh, the show I get yes uh, decide on her name. In a few moments we'll be joined by
1: a good friend, Bill Carroll. But in the meantime uh talk about what this show is going to be. This show is going to be a lot of pro
2: football talk. We'll maybe talk a little bit of college. We'll talk draft eventually. Um, we're going to have we're gonna try to have guests every week. Um,
1: I will be joined by a co-host, not this week, but um, let's just get started.
2: Um, this is normally just going to be like an hour and a half show. We'll how everything goes. Without further ado, this is our first
1: episode. Our first episode, right now, I'm going to get started with some quarterbacks, or quarterback maybe teams, and quarterbacks that should be traded for. Uh, I had made a list of guys who should
2: be starting. One, her cousin.
1: He's better than
2: his starter in Washington. Shot and not bold every time he throws an reception. So I compared some, uh, prepared some ideas.
1: Mm-hmm. One
2: was that if he was in that
3: offense,
2: he'd be grouping it up. Um, but I doubt that'll happen at all because they like Bryce Petty and they're trying to groom him to be a
1: starter. Um, the Browns, he's done a lot with Bill talent in
3: Washington.
1: Finally, for Kirk, um, as I said, the Buffalo Bills, great defense, great offense. They just don't have so many for the ship there. Um, another team that could easily order there is the builds. Um... You have to play. I was thinking you could always choose
2: like trade for a blend lander maybe get the big arm and have the big arm to a dumb field.
1: That's the same way watching. You know, great running game. Also, um, great defense. You know, if they're going behind offense, it'd be fine. Their defense has four points. Probably
2: the better, better front seven in the year. I think it may be
1: better than the Seahawks, just their cornerbacks are Also, I'm sorry, I said I'm just starting dabbling right now. Um, um. Right, right, right. Um did I know someone group but I it, it's something that I would actually like to see.
2: Uh either or Michael Lennon, Bills. or not to Bills to the Big arm, Smith, um, Brian Marshall and our death or really
1: Marlowe's Alright. And mm, you have a great good print seven. Oh, so another type I was same thing for. Oh, anyway, moving mm-hmm. on, um, very shortly I'll be joined by Dr. Bill Kiel. So right now I'm just doing some things on. Right, because that's pretty boring. It's just my first time doing it. Um. Right now, um, preseason's going down. Right now, I'm going to go down a list of harsh injuries. Okay. Junior and Galette, suffered a torn Achilles sentence. End of one year deal. He'll be a free agent next year. Um, Jordy Nelson's down with a torn ACL. And 10 iron with uh atrium, brain with cells on the subway. Ready for week one. So they brought in Ricky Wayne. Best place to Zach such fields, such so felt on un- interest reserved. They brought Arthur Lynch to suppressed and got up with adults. I'll trade um, just McCourty for uh, injury can he not be ready for week one. So my big thing with preseason football, uh, preseason football sort of meaningless, even if you have to pay for a game But you know, if you like, I think it's You normally would, you know, on Sunday. All right. In a moment, we will have Bill Carroll. Bill, you on the line. Yes. We'll um, All right, so some things I do is I write for Um, I report on the Cardinals last year
2: college football during the summer, and I'll eventually get uh, some Cardinals and stuff done that's really about i campbell. That's pretty much all I really will write about, the off-season versus the off-season
1: uh, college football future graphs, graphs, Still right. in line? There's a new to so be familiar with that. So, well, what we're going to do is we're going to try this out first.
2: See if we to try every one case. See how those Potentially get, uh, get me a Concert Is there Apple, I mean Not Catholic But Is uh, there FDD?
1: Well, I know we've been kind of on silent at the moment. Uh, i just going to get a little bit more and I'll get edited. Uh, so the call is going to be on. skills. Hello, Bill, Bill. How are you, Nigeria? Doing, doing great. Um, something I would like to talk about on today. Um,
2: um, I would like to also
1: I would like to promote your uh, all underappreciated team. Can you go over some? that is on it for us. Okay. Well, so amongst
0: the, there's a few different people I that's going to throw out there. Um, amongst the receivers, there's Darren Peterson at Liberty, who I think is a terrific player. Chris King at Duquesne are both guys. I think have NFL Futures, um, you know, Koprich uh, amongst the running backs is one of the guys I would certainly spotlight. Uh, there's a couple of different um, pretty good running backs that are, you know, have been sort of overlooked at all levels, from NAIA, you know, and Division Three, and Division Two, all the way up through guys who are playing at the SDS level. Um, a guy who's sort of coming back off of injury who is playing at the SBS level, who I, I'm looking for big things, coming on, on defense, uh, Tyrell Fackle at, at Utah State, the guy that was on his way to having a terrific year last year, and then got hurt, much like his quarterback Chucky Keaton, and both those guys come back and, and are healthy, I think uh, they're going to, to open some eyes. I was a huge Keaton fan, and obviously, you know, like I said, the, the injuries, yeah, you know, injuries, plural, really derailed him, and we'll see if he can come back to being, you know, something close to what he was when he was healthy. He was a, a guy that I liked better than Johnny Manziel. Uh, He was a guy that showed me more from the pocket than Manziel did, quite frankly. And probably not much larger, but a little bit bigger frame than Manziel. You know, and I, I think if he's given the same number of chances I've got like Manziel's being given, which is always a question mark with a guy from Utah State, a lot of times people don't give those guys the same kind of chance, unfortunately. But if he does get an opportunity...
2: I mean, Utah State is it's, not big on producing quarterbacks.
0: Well, I mean, most places aren't big on producing quarterbacks. There's only a handful I of feel schools like Florida that. Florida State, were,
2: Alabama, some of those
0: schools. Well, Alabama doesn't exactly churn them out, dude. I mean, the last we'll not really good quarterbacks that. to come from the last really good quarterbacks to come from Alabama was Richard Todd. That was 20 years before you were born, probably. So you can't exactly get too excited about Alabama as a quarterback factory. I mean look at the list of dudes they've given us, right? Um, A.J. McCarron, Woo! John Parker Wilson, awesome. Um, you know, not long before that they had uh, uh, Brody Croyle, you know Jay oh, Barker. Tell me, tell me, tell, with, you know, tell when, me, tell me tell me when I was saying, tell me when we went across an, a pro bowler. I mean, like I said, there have been two really good quarterbacks in Alabama. One who's in the Hall of Fame, though, there's sort of a shaky Hall of Famer in, in Namath, and then Richard Todd, who at least made it to a couple of Pro Bowls. Alabama actually has been a real bust amongst big time schools in producing NFL quarterbacks. Texas has done slightly better, uh, well, not slightly better, but at least you know Colt McCoy is still hanging around as a as a sort of top level number two, and Vince Young, at his best, was a mid level starter um, when he was at his peak, which is better than you could say for most Alabama guys. You say, unless you go back to Todd. A few other guys I want to sort of point out, Ian Seau, and yes, that is, you know, a relative, I believe it's it nephew. Yes, nephew of uh, of the late, great Junior Seau is a guy that I think probably finds a home as a, uh, probably a 3-4 outside linebacker. He's playing defensive end for Nevada and has made some some uh, flash plays. One of my favorite running backs in all of college football, and he's once got a big school, you know, big school kid, is Danelle Pumphrey. He's a small kid from a big school, but a very productive running back with terrific hands, uh, tough for a guy that's so undersized, not afraid to stick it up there between the tackles. People are just sleeping on him. Another great running back that people are sleeping on is Jarveon Franklin from Western Michigan. I think you, know, he's one of the top 10 running backs in the country, probably, but nobody ever talks about it. No one ever talks about it. He's also got Corey Davis on his team, who is a tremendously underrated wide receiver. And sticking with that same team, Zach Terrell, I think, is one of the better uh, small, sort of West Coast type quarterbacks in the country. That's a terrific player. Uh, As always, the Mac has some really underrated talent, guys who can flat out play. Here's a guy to watch out for. Speaking of Mac uh, underrated guys, I have them on my all emerging team, actually. is Alonzo Russell, who's a big, you know, big-bodied, uh, long-armed, big-hand, sort of classic red zone guy. I think he's going to have a good year this year. Um, sticking with sort of underrated wide receivers, a guy that's on my – he's not the first team or second team or even third team. He's actually a uh, honorable mention all underappreciated guys. Juan Bresikin, another Canadian uh, player who's made his way to northern Illinois a guy that I have my eye on. And uh, I guess so i round out a couple of Mac players that are on the all underappreciated team. Reginald Bell is one of the better sort of uh, dual threat quarterbacks in the country. And of course, Eastern Michigan goes completely ignored. No one pays any attention to them. But they've got a couple of players who are actually pretty good. Bell's just a sophomore. I think this year he established himself as one of those guys that, if not the NFL, then the CFL might end up uh, taking a real liking to. He's got a decent arm. Uh, he's not even so much undersized. He's slender, probably put it. He's, he's a guy who can put on maybe 12 pounds of muscle and would not hurt him at all. But he's got a decent size. Um, he's probably a slightly smaller than average quarterback prospect, very athletic, pretty darn good arm. Um, a lot of people discovered Cooper Rush in the Bahamas Bowl when he and uh, another guy I really like, a quarterback, Paxton Lynch, dueled it out in one of those, one of those incredible – you know, back-and-forth, offensive, circus, bowl games anyone's ever seen. And if Cooper Rush can become a little more consistent, that's a guy that I think has a chance to at least be a backup at the next level. Um, everyone's talked about Front Apple and Sharp at UMass. I think both of them are slightly overrated. Um, I think they're both good players. I just don't think they're, they're not – guys who are going to just step right into the league and, you know, carve it up exactly, I guess. Um, Watch out for Eric Patterson amongst some I'm, I'm rounding up some of my Mac guys that I like. He's a corner who unfortunately missed all of not all of last year, but um much of last year. He went out I think the ninth game of the season, something like that. Uh, with a torn ACL. He should be close to hundred percent um pretty soon. And he has a chance to, to make an impact. It's hard to find good corners, period. You know, no matter no matter where you're talking about. Um, I'll throw out one other guy that I think is sort of underrated. Uh, Javon Santos-Knox is a, a sort of a, a smaller but very quick, very instinctive, sort of like a thinner, slightly taller Chris Borland type, uh, really sniffs things out well, knows smells and screens are coming, sniffs out draws, um, can run a little bit, uh, can stay with, you know, running backs on Texas routes and, and shoot routes and stuff like that. He's a guy that I think not enough people really pay much attention to. He's a guy that's got a little bit of something to him. Um, a few other guys that I think, you know, America. Great. I already talked about Marshawn Copridge. Uh, but there's a couple of, of running backs even, like, better than him, quite frankly. He's, he's a good FCS running back, but he's not my favorite FCS running back. There's a couple of guys that I think are even more of a better shot, I think, to, to make an impact at the NFL level, and I guess I'll touch on a couple of them and then talk about some of the, de- the really fine defensive players that are available at the FCS level. A guy that's on my all-emerging team also is the former Kentucky backup Jalen Whitlow, who transferred down to Eastern Illinois. And Eastern Illinois, of course, um, I don't have to tell anybody, has a really pretty good tradition. Uh, Mike Shanahan was a quarterback there. Also, Sean Payton was a quarterback there. Many people are obviously aware that Tony Romo and Jimmy Garoppolo are wow. quarterbacks. It's, yeah, well, they have a pretty long lineage. And I saw Sean Payton uh, nearly lead them to a championship when he was there at the, uh, in the FCS playoffs. Well, they still call it, you know, one double A playoffs back in those days. But they have a really good tradition of producing quarterbacks. And if Jalen Whitlock is going sort of to fall into line there, he's a guy to watch out for. Uh, as I mentioned, there's some pretty good running backs available. Uh, I think you should watch out for Savon Huggins, who some of you may remember from Rutgers, who's transferred to Northern, Illinois, no, sorry, Northern Iowa, Sorry, where they already have uh, a pretty good offensive line. Watch out for D'Angelo Henderson from Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is uh, a really good pro at first of all. I mean, I won't be shocked if they are one of the final four teams in the playoffs. They're a very, very good team. They've got a little bit of, of everything. And I, like I said, I really like a lot of what they, uh, what they do. They develop athletes. They take advantage of the fact that there's, it's an underrated part of the country for just, for just good talent. Uh, North Carolina is not one of the states that people talk about right away when they talk about you know great depth of talent, but there's a lot of talent in the state of North Carolina. NC State, UNC, Wake Forest, all are primarily based around talent that's homegrown. And then you add to that that a lot of the top kids in Carolina, if they're really good, you know, five-star types or four-star types often go out of state, but still there's enough talent left over for Coastal of Carolina, like I said, to, to really have a really solid program based, as I said, around homegrown dudes. Um, a few other guys that I think are, are definitely worth Spending some time discussing. I would take a long, hard look. I mean, a lot of people are talking about, uh, you know, we, we had New uh Tennessee Chattanooga obviously had a terrific uh, defensive end slash outside linebacker and a really good tackle prospect that came out last year. Well, they're going to be more of an offensive team this year. Uh, Jason Useman who plays for his dad there at UTC, is a really fine pro prospect. At the very least, I think he'll become a, a second or third string quarterback in the next level, and I think he a chance to be more. Uh, if you take a long, hard look at – well, I mentioned Liberty already. You know, I, I really like um, their quarterback, Josh Woodrum. I mentioned Darren Peterson, Well, the first guys i, mentioned I think mentioned. I think Peterson's one of the best pro prospects in the FCS level, period. They've got two really good running backs. Deb Rice and, and D.J. Abner are both guys that I think are at least be in somebody's camp one day. Um, I think there's a lot of really good talent on that school. I think the school, I think
2: it's, – It's overlooked uh, because it's not like – Well, I mean, your Liberty
0: doesn't get so much – Well, here's what. Liberty doesn't get so much overlooked. It's that they're sandwiched. For a long time, they had to take a backseat to Appalachian State, right, because Appalachian State was the big dog on the block in the Southern Conference for a very long time. And then they moved up to playing at the FBS level. So that's opened up some space for them. And, you know, Turner Gill is doing really good work. And he got them to their first playoff appearance last year. I think they're going to be a playoff team again this year. And, you know, they're in the Big South. Um, So they were in the SoCon at one point. They're in the Big South now, so they're playing with, like, Wofford. I don't think it's a lower level. Well, I guess it is. They're playing of a slightly lower level competition than they were in their days in the in the SOCON, so it's a little easier on them. Uh, but still, they're playing some pretty decent guys. Uh, a few other guys I want to mention. Watch out for King Frazier, who is at North Dakota State. He's a transfer from Nebraska. Good just plain speed. Uh, he needs to work on some things, some refinement of his vision. Uh, he doesn't catch the ball terribly well, or Let me rephrase that. He hasn't shown that he can catch the ball terribly well. He might be able to, but he didn't really get a chance to crack the depth chart back in Nebraska, and we'll see if they throw the ball to him somehow where he's landed. Um, Khalid Abdullah is an interesting running back and James Madison to keep an eye out for. Uh, A few other guys I want to make sure I definitely mention. Oh, one of my favorite uh, quarterbacks in the FBS is, of all things, an Ivy Leaguer. Uh, Jalen Williams is a guy that, uh, you know, once again, you know, Looks sort of like Russell Wilson in that he's listed at six feet tall. He's probably legitimately 5'11 and three-eighths and about 202 pounds or so. So he's got the sort of physical plane that's reminiscent. He's a pretty good athlete. Not quite the arm and not quite the big, giant, strong hands that sort of make uh, Russell Wilson super special, but he's a darn good player. And I wouldn't be surprised if Dalen Williams finds his way up north if he doesn't stick on an NFL team. Uh, many of you might remember Noah Spence his days at Ohio State, he's landed in eastern Kentucky and first of all, assuming he can you know avoid any further stuff uh, in terms of you know disciplinary and just you know personal accountability. If he can just show that he's a be a better guy, it, the talent's clearly there and he's gonna definitely get a chance to show it against you know against FCS talent. He's gonna he should be able to just flat out own most of the alignment he sees. But the questions about him have, like I said, very little to do with talent more to do with can you trust him. And that's what he'll need to show people. Um, Xavier Finney at Idaho State. I think Idaho State was, you know, was an aerial circus last year with Justin Arias just flinging the ball all over the place, but he's gone now. And I think they're going to be more of a, uh, more of a passing team this year. i mean, to say less, sorry, less of a passing They can't be more of a passing team than they were last year. I think they're going to be more of a um, running team this year. Um one of my favorite linebacker types is Connor Underwood. I got to see him play once in person against uh, uh Eastern Illinois in a game and he's once again, a, you know, a guy that's got really good hands, uses his hands well, uh, can disengage and shock people back a little bit. Could probably once again put on 12 or so pounds. The guy he reminds me most of is former uh, Patriots, and South Dakota State Jackrabbit, uh, defensive end slash outside linebacker conversion, kid named Danny Batten from about, I don't know, six, five or six years ago, but very similar guy. He's a guy I definitely would take a long hard look at. A lot of people talk about Cooper Cup, and I'm not down on Cooper Cup. I just think he's like maybe number six amongst my FCS uh, receivers. I think he's a guy that's going to make it, make a team and could be a – I think the guy you might see most of is a kid named Ball from uh, uh, New Hampshire back when uh, Chip Kelly was the offensive coordinator, and he had Ricky Santos as quarterback. And that kid hung around the league for a couple of years, but he doesn't have any special qualities. And the same thing with Super Cup, there's nothing about him that really wows you. So he needs needs to go to an ideal situation, a really good situation where – he can settle in as that sort of possession type Z on a team that doesn't want a speed type Z. You know, if you, if you want your Z to do what Mike Wallace does, you don't want Cooper Cup. You've got to want, you know, sort of a smaller version of Ed McCaffrey kind of Z, a guy who just, you know, basically does things similar to a tight end, settles down in that open space in the zone, like stick routes and quick
1: outs and digs and things like that. Um, I guess some names that I
2: uh, I would add to the list, but I know it's your list. But um,
1: sure.
2: I feel like Ricky Steele Jones doesn't get that much
0: attention. Dude, Ricky Steele Jones was a four star. <laughs> I mean, who anyone who knows anything about football knows the name of Ricky Steele Jones. I, I can't really agree um, on that one. I think. Anyone who knows pretty much anything about football is pretty acute into that kid. He plays on national television six four you know, four to six times a year. If you want to name a guy who I think is legitimately about to sort of be underappreciated, how about Sharon Peak? Uh he's probably the he's been the other guy at Clemson for a long time and you know, he's got the spot got and Mike Williams there getting all the attention, but this could be it at Sharon Peak finally you know, puts it all together and, and is really productive. I mean, hey, if you can have love for George Farmer, why not Sharon Peak? You know? <laughs> um That's the point. if you can get excited about a non productive guy. But he he's a more productive farmer. I mean farmer was fifth on the depth chart, you know <laughs> at USC. I mean I mean, hats off to the Seattle Seahawks for seeing, you know, something in him and they're gonna have to work like heck to get it out of him. The guy wasn't physical enough to make an impact at wide receiver. They're going to try to really toughen him up to get him to make an impact with deep at the back. But, like I said, good luck to them. And they're in a position. They're in a good enough team they can afford that kind of stuff. Bad teams can't afford to mess around with, you know, with that kind of foolishness. I'll give you a couple other guys who I think are legitimately underrated. Like, people don't know their names. I mean, because the guy, you mentioned Ricky Sewell, so it's like saying John Hillman. I mean, people don't talk about them enough, but are they truly underappreciated? I think most people who know anything about football know who those guys are. How about Aston Boyle, right? There's a guy Uh that I think not enough people know about. I mean, he's a guy that I think people legitimately have slept on. Uh, He's one of those dynamic – he's sort of like a a giant version of Percy Harvin. No one quite knows what to do with him, but he's big and fast. He's got decent – Nobody even really
2: knows what to do with Percy Harvin yet.
0: Well, I can say. Guys like that, a lot of people don't know what to do with him because he's not a super efficient route runner. He's not quite a running back. He's, You know, Ashton Broil is just a fascinating project. But once again, if you take a shot on some guy, you're talking about Farmer, here's a guy that's even better to take a shot on that he actually has shown you some things that make you think he can produce the next level. But he needs refinement. And he needs think he's a corner. To, well, Broil, Broiled? broiled? I don't no, know. no, no, no. Uh, Oh, you um, want Farmer?
2: Yeah, I, li- I like the move. Remember in our fantasy, or not, full, oh, like, mock draft live, I took him as qu- a cornerback?
0: Yeah, but he's, like I said, he's a guy that wasn't very tough at wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? He was like a track guy well, trying I'm to kind of sort of play football. He's right. going to have to really toughen up and he's going to make it as a defensive back.
2: I, I, mean, I wish him luck. few things from Richard Sherman from his switch.
0: Yeah, but, this uh, is Richard Sherman else. was a tough. The difference is Richard was a tough wide receiver and a smart wide receiver. Farmers, neither. Here's a guy that struggled to learn the offense and wasn't very tough. Why do you think they didn't play him at USC? He's a big, fast athlete. You think they just didn't play him because they don't like big, fast guys?
3: No. Them because,
0: them. He, he, it's because he struggled to learn and he wasn't very tough. He wasn't great at learning the offense. He wasn't a guy that was willing to sacrifice. He didn't say, I'll play special teams. He was kind of a guy that was kind of a... I mean, I hate to say diva because people always say that about wide receivers, but he was definitely a guy that thought he was better than he was, didn't work very hard, and wasn't tough. So, like I said, I wish... He's
2: at the right position that's called diva now, the cornerback. Uh, It's one of the most annoying things ever. I'm the number one corner uh, because I can follow the Yeah,
0: yeah, if You can can do that stuff if you're a great cornerback, but fifth cornerbacks, you know, third-string quarterbacks can't do all that stuff. You know, they can't be getting all funky fresh and whatever, they've got to play. You know, they've got to well, play for real.
2: My point was uh, Seattle has a great, like, support system, you know, how they develop their draft picks. you know. They have a system where they're bringing guys in, it takes them a few years to come along, but they eventually produce.
3: Yeah,
0: but here's the difference. The guys that you were talking about, right, that do eventually produce are guys that are tough, hard-nosed football players. Even if they aren't terribly polished, they're tough, they're hard nosed, they bust their behind, and they work like hell. Judge Farmer has shown how do you think a true freshman cornerback, a Dory Jackson, beats him out? How do you think that happens, Isaiah? A guy they bring in as a corner who's 18 years old beats this kid out. How do you think that happens? You think the coaches are trying to get themselves fired? Is that what they're doing? You know, we have this guy who's this awesome wide receiver prospect. We're not going to play him. We're going to play this corner, who's a freshman. They did it because, one, the kid's on the offense. This kid is playing defense. He learned learn the offense faster than this guy who's supposed to be a wide receiver. What does that say to you?
2: So so are you telling me uh, he's basically the Cordell, Cordell Patterson at the NFL?
0: Well, Cordell Patterson at least is a playmaker. How many plays I mean, did he just playmaker? How many, you many,
1: how many plays
0: ball? did he see? How many plays did you see George Palmer make at USC? I don't know, like 10 at the most? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think I saw that many. The guy did virtually nothing in three years and didn't want what? to work hard enough to make an impact. That's what frustrated the coaches. If the guy says, hey, coach, I realize I'm not really cutting it, I want to stay after practice, we you work with me? That tells you something. Hey, this kid wants to get better. But did George Farmer do that? No. Nope. He went straight home after practice. Wasn't working on it. Wasn't saying, Kessler, can you throw me more He wasn't that guy. He wasn't that guy that was grinding it out. He wasn't that kid. So you better turn that thing around or he'll be out. Because once again, you know they brought him in, but they don't thought he him a bunch of guaranteed money or something. He used a project. But he's got to keep his attitude step on that, and start working like he's never worked before. Because this is the NFL. And I was just Jerry Mabel said say. That stands for not for long.
2: And I'm surprised Jerry Jones uh, actually let go of a player, you know, cause, like that. Because, you know, he likes all the hype, you know. And I'm actually surprised we haven't seen anything from Antoine Goodley yet in the preseason at all.
1: Well,
0: I mean, he won't see anything from him, but he's he's raw. I mean, he hasn't played at all. He's raw. He's very, very raw. I mean, I've seen some practice footage, and you can tell he's got talent, but he's super raw. Do you raw. think
2: he'll make the roster?
0: Yeah, I think he'll how make the roster. I think that he'll, he'll do enough to show them, they'll park him on the practice squad, if not only the actual 53 active. He'll hang around. But I don't think people realize how big a jump. People just forget how big a jump it is, especially when you come from a pretty simplified office. I love Art Boyles. I love him to death, but he runs an extremely simple offense, and so it's a big jump for the receivers, for the running backs, and especially for the quarterbacks to come out of the system. But if you have terrific intelligence and a terrific work ethic, you can make it. I'm just saying. I mean, it's just not Terrence beat. Williams. Right. Well, I mean, Terrence Williams isn't exactly a world beater, but he's he's a solid he's number receiver. He's decent, like I said. You know, he's decent. I'm, I'm not, I'm not blown away by him. I'm not. I wouldn't. I would take Matthews over him, right? I think he's a decent guy. He's a good player. Like I said I would take Matthews. There's a long list of guys I would take over him. In fact, but Matthews is definitely one of those guys.
2: Okay, I don't know if I asked you this before the draft, but three of the, from the receivers that I fell in love with, that uh, I want you to rank. Rankham and rank Bankham, um, Antoine Goodley, Steamy Coates, and Rashad Green.
0: Well, I mean, Green's the best wide receiver. Uh, Coates is the best pure athlete. And then Woodley is probably the best after the catch in terms of turning into a running back of them all. But I think
1: like 5'7". Who? Goodley. No, he's 5'10 and a quarter. And uh, 209 pounds. Though he played heavier than that throughout most of the season, he was down to 209 by the Do You think Sammy Coates can make an impact?
2: Impact at all? Not, Let's just not say right away. Injury.
1: Not immediately. No. He's I mean,
2: spectacular this preseason.
0: Uh huh. Would you like to hear the list of guys who looked spectacular the last ten years in the preseason?
2: I uh, sir, if you if you say Gerard Hayne, I'm going to be mad
0: get him. I can name guys. You, I can name guys you've never heard of, of course, the especially in the preseason. <laughs> Going back, Colt Longley was amazing in the preseason. It's the preseason. You know what I mean? Like,
2: well, that's the only thing, really. I think is good about the preseason, you get to see players you normally wouldn't see on Sunday, and you know, players you can root for.
1: Yeah. You the only bad thing can. I hate about the preseason, but
0: you, but you gotta calm but, down about about it. Like these guys are. Some of these guys are legitimate NFL guys, and you will see them or whatever. But a good number of these guys are just, you know, practice squad guys, special teamers, whatever. A long list of guys have looked amazing in the preseason. I could give you a, I said a really, really long list of – I mean, Lee Suggs was a great preseason running back. There's a lot of great, pre, great preseason
1: players out there. And Either, that's just that. It's the preseason. The preseason is the preseason. And if you, hit,
0: if you handle this thing long enough, you'll start to recognize even guys who look great in the preseason, you, you'll start to realize which one probably won't be
1: able to look all that good when things sink.
2: All right. Since you're since you're a Steelers fan, how do you feel about the Michael Vick signing? And well, well, I, I mean,
0: as you, know, I, as you know, I've been watching Michael Vicks. He's eight years old. I saw him play in Little League baseball when he was eight. Uki, as we used to call him back in the day. And I saw Uki make a throw from his knees. He played third base in baseball and throw out a runner at first base. And I said to myself, oh, my gosh. I mean, that was a play that high school kids struggle to make. You know what I mean? He dives into foul territory and from his knees throws the kid out, kid out at first. And I said, wow. And I said to who's that? Somebody I said, it's Uki. you know. And later I learned that Uki was Mike Bitt. So I've been watching him literally since he was eight. And um, I was a high school kid, I guess. I don't know. How old was I? Or was I? I might have been in college. Let me think. Yeah, no, I think it back. I was in college. So I was like 20, and he was like eight, I guess. Oh, the I, I take that as
2: a yes, you like the signing?
3: Well, I
0: mean, I like what the signing can mean. Uh, first Police of all, it's a huge up, it's, first of all. First of all, it's a huge upgrade over anybody who's been a backup for them since maybe Charlie Batch. I mean, you have to go back a ways to find a Charlie backup. Charlie Batch just retired
2: to, not even two, or three years ago.
0: Yeah, but he stopped being the number two before that because Leftwich became the number two for a while there. But my point is, he's definitely the best backup they've had since Charlie Batch. He's way better than anybody's had in the last few years backing up. Uh, Roethlisberger, and
2: no the guy you can put,
0: put in And the other thing is you can use them in a certain bonus. package uh, figure, but you can use them in a certain package situation. You know, he can, he can create a Michael Vick package, even if he's not the starter. And that was something they haven't had since Dixon. Um, they had a couple of package players who did Dixon, but they never did anything with them. They just messed around with them, but they never used them. I think with Vick, they might actually have the guts to use him so many
1: short yardage and goal line and other sort of specialized situations.
2: Do you think next year, Bruce Bracassi can still on the team if Vic shows enough? Or do you think Vic makes the team next year?
0: Do I think they bring him back next year, is that what you're saying?
2: Uh-huh.
0: I think they bring him back next year under two conditions. One, obviously he doesn't, you know, he stays healthy, and he looks great. If see and he looks great and he helps, you know, the younger guys on the team and stuff like that, then, yeah, I think, you know, why wouldn't you? You know, why wouldn't you let him hang around? Especially if he wants to, you know, sign for, you know, not terribly much, basically. Uh, if he's a guy that's willing to hang around and, you know, play for somewhere between – you know, one point two and eight hundred thousand or something. I mean who knows what it what it was he'll he'll need to come back next year, but assuming he's willing to come back for somewhere right around a million bucks or so, then why wouldn't you? You know, if he's willing to come back for you know, some fairly small amount. And once again, like I said, he shows he can still play. It's been a minute since I've seen him actually play in a game. I hopefully he'll get to play in the next preseason game. And if he looks great, you know, like I said, why wouldn't you find a way to keep him around? You know, he's a guy with a legitimate, you know, NFL pedigree, you know, who's done this before for real. You know, he's done this before for real. Um, You know, so it's hard to, to not give him a shot. It's hard to not at least give him a chance to to do this thing.
2: Well, really, related I believe, isn't him not being prepared in that one after the game? But but really, I know they want you to prepare like you're going to play. But 16 games through a season, do you think you're really even going to play?
3: The good I mean, ones for most do.
2: backups.
0: The good ones do. Tom Brady did when he was a backup. I mean, the, all the good ones do, right? Um, Matt Hasselbeck does the good ones I mean the guys who understand what you're supposed to, what this is supposed to be the guys who get it they do so Did the guys you Brock Aswiler
2: pre- prepares
0: I think he's beginning to um, I think he's beginning to get that this is something he needs to take very seriously like I said the good ones so the guys who have not starters before they get it they prepare like starters uh, the guys who want to be starters one day, they prepare like starters. Look at that, Brady's a great example. A lot of people forget that Tom. A lot of people forget bad. that Tom Brady spent his entire rookie year as a fourth string quarterback. Right? <laughs> he wasn't the second stringer until his second year on the team. People forget that he was a fourth string quarterback. How many teams even keep a fourth string quarterback? Very few. He got very lucky, the way we putting it, that that team was willing to carry four quarterbacks. You know, he was behind Scott Zolak on the depth chart, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. That's the point I'm making that Tom Brady spent his first year behind Scott Zolak, the incredible Scott Zolak on the depth chart. Scott Zolak, who at one point almost broke some records of Frank Reich and uh, Boomer Seifen in his time at at Maryland. Maryland, at one time, did a good job of producing NFL quarterbacks. There was a time when Three straight quarterbacks who started at Maryland made it to the NFL. Boomer, Wright, and Zolak were all guys that followed one right after the other. And I think they're all from the same, roughly the same part of the uh, um, country. I think they're all from Long Island, New York, Is that I look like question? I have to go back and check. I know that Boomer's from uh, East Islip, I believe. I think um and I think I uh, wasn't from Palmyra maybe. I think that Reich might be from Palmyra on, uh, on Long Island, but I'd have to go and check exactly where but I think I think he might be all uh Long Island guys.
2: Boomer but, Einstein, you said.
0: Well I know Boomer's from, from East Iceland. I saw his high school tape, you know. I you know, remember I I scouted Boomer ISI when he was going towards Maryland, you know. So you know, I, have a, I know a lot about Boomer Esiason. Norman Julius Esiason, his full name. And another one of the great left-handers out there, right? You know, people about great left-handing quarterbacks. You know, a little There's bit not below. Many of not many, there. but he's one of them. He's one of them. And one of the better ones, you know. Uh, but getting back to what you were asking me about, sort of, uh, what's going on currently. And and what, right, right. Think about it. Every single backup quarterback is one play away from starting, and like I said, all the good ones know that, and they 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 play the game with that mindset, and they prepare with that mindset, they practice with that mindset, they sit down with their quarterback coach with that mindset that I'm um, one play away from starting. And do all of them do that? There are probably some who don't. Um, I mean, going back, to, going back up. going back going back to the Indianapolis days with Curtis Painter. Prepare with that mindset? I'm going to guess he didn't. He thought Peyton was indestructible. Like everybody thought Peyton was indestructible. When Peyton went down, Curtis Payne was probably in utter shock. Like, holy crap, what do I do?
2: Well, they had Terry Collins, but he went down with a year long injury.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it, was, it got ugly. And it got ugly fast um, when Curtis Payne had to go out there and, you know, ply his trade. Um, I mean, I kind of felt bad for him because I really think he thought, I have like the best job in America backing Tom Peyton Manning. I never actually he paid millions of dollars ever. to
2: back up the guy. who never got hurt until that one year.
0: Right. He figured, you know, I'm just gonna, you know shag balls and warm up Reggie Wade, and know, you know, but you know, he just never thought he would ever actually go into an actual for real football game. You know, he figured this is the life, man. This is the life. And oh, then, like that's I said, right?
2: Or Frank Reich. but
0: yeah, I mean, I mentioned right, I mentioned it's Frank, Wright, Frank or New York. Yeah, there we go. That's where he's from. Uh, I knew he was from um, out there on Long Island. Too. But, but like I said, getting back to um, getting back to Frank Reich, that's a guy that always prepared as as a starter, you know. And you know, Jim Kelly was a big tough guy and a heck of a football player.
2: But, but he, he always prepared.
0: Numbers.
2: He was a. It seems like he was a good coach for a while. They he's still the offensive coordinator. Yep. 40, Craig career was a, touchdowns, 36 yep. interceptions, rate, I mean, passing yards six, over 6,000, yep. uh, a passer rating of 72.9. Yeah,
0: he was a very good backup for a very long time. You know, he backed up Jim Kelly for, what, probably 10 years or down close to it and was a good one. He was a very good backup, one of the better backups in the league. Like has that great football intellect, big, strong guy with a, with a very good arm, could make all the throws, ran one of the more complex, and one of the faster offenses, one of the first sort of hurry-up type offenses was that K-gun that they ran in Buffalo, and he was great at operating it. And still, as people always point out, the greatest playoff comeback in history was, you know, wasn't Kelly out there, that was Frank Wright. Where they came back from thirty four, thirty five points
1: down <laughs> to beat the Oakland, Oakland. Oh, well, not sorry, the Ra- uh, Oilers, the Houston Oilers. Um, I guess one thing I want to ask you about: you
2: talked about your underappreciated.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, can you say some guys that are overappreciated and probably overrated, maybe in the college games?
0: Oh. Sure. I mean, there's a bunch of them. (laughs) Um, Well,
2: you you think are highly overrated. Well, I mean, yeah,
0: sure. I mean, Everett Golston leaps to mind. I mean, here's a guy that has a tendency to lock on the targets, has a tendency to not set his feet. His mechanics are inconsistent. He's a good athlete, even a very good athlete, but not a great athlete. He's not a guy that's going to project to another position. He's not a guy that's going to be able to run away from NFL linebackers. He's probably going to have a pretty good final year in college. He keeps the job all year. And some people are going to fall in love with him, like people fall in love with Mansell, like people fall in love with a lot of these guys. And he's going to break their hearts. Um, It's difficult to play quarterback at the NFL level. It's super, super, super difficult. A tiny number of people can do it at a high level. And I don't think he's one of those tiny number of people. I think people are a little too excited about him. Um, Derrick Henry. He's a sort of one-speedish, stiffish power back who plays behind, as all Alabama running backs do, behind an awesome offensive line. And I think he's going to be exposed to the next level. I think he'll play. I think you have a decent eight or so year career as part of
1: somebody's running back by committee type system, but I don't think you'll ever be a special runner at the next level. Um, in your opinion, I know that's on uh, your show, feeling a
2: draft. Um, if you take out Nick Saban, who is the best coach in the SEC, in your opinion?
0: Well, I'm not sure Nick Saban's the best coach. Anyway, I, wasn't, I mean, you didn't count Nick Saban. I think well, I'm, that, no,
2: I'm saying you cannot say Saban. You have to pick well,
0: any I'm other. saying, even though I, I could say Saban, I don't think the answer's Saban. That's what I'm saying.
3: You don't have to take Saban oh. away from
0: me. He wasn't going to be the answer anyway. Look at what Chris Peterson's done with less. You know what I mean? Look at what Chris Peterson's done with less. Um, I think there are guys who get more out of less talent consistently than Saban does. And I'm also predicting kind of a down year for Alabama this year anyway. Now, yeah, Alabama, I heard I'm about
2: saying, I heard about that show. I wasn't too happy about you guys this in Alabama.
0: No, I still I mean I still think it means probably about ten and three or eleven and two, don't get me wrong. I mean I'm not saying they're gonna be eight and four or something. I mean You know, it's still Alabama. They're still loaded and all that good stuff. But I think they're going to end up the second team in the West, as I said before. And, you know, some people can react and will react, I'm to that. But first of all, it's difficult to be the best team forever. Very few teams manage to do it. Hey, you know, UCLA managed to be the best team for, you know, an entire decade. But it's hard to do that. Incredibly hard to do that. All it takes is, you know, one team having a, another team that you're running into having a great recruiting class or a couple of key injuries, and all of a sudden, you know, like I said, I mean, a down year at Alabama is a great year most places anyway. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it's a two and three, maybe eleven and two, somewhere around there.
2: You, um, I, my answer was less miles. Oh, really? Yeah. I just think, from a whole um, organization standpoint, you know, he's, he's you know the main recruiter in this whole thing. Uh, he's bringing on all his talent. I know they don't have they don't bring in a bunch of good defensive players, but it's I think it's all the consistency, and I just think he's a solid coach. I know Saban is too, but he's off
0: the page. Well, he's he's fun to watch as a coach. I don't. He makes some bizarre in-game decisions. <laughs> I don't know about he's not always great at you know yeah he's done some weird stuff <laughs> but yeah chase I mean,
2: goodbread good, good from NFL.com dot com agrees with me
0: surprisingly uh huh sure and that's fun and cool and everything I'm just saying the guy has done you know, some weird things in terms of decisions he makes in game he's done some odd. Odd, odd things um, as, a, as an actual in-game coach. But, I mean, hey, you know, who knows? Maybe this is the year that they, they you know, I mean, the second year, I guess. He's already won a championship, so I guess he's, you know, had a certain level of success. But
2: Wasn't it every four years he's been in the championship? No, not, that not quite. Every it's, been more
0: than, it's, been, no, it's been more than four. For Auburn, um, it's been... I guess they wanted this year to be four years, I guess, for them. But it's been more than four years. It's been six years now for um, LSU. They shared the championship with USC in
1: uh, 2009. But the um, the fact is that, you know, Les Miles runs a successful program,
0: and they do win – you know, a lot of football games. I
1: and mean, there's no getting away from that. But it is clear and obvious
0: that there are certain things they don't manage to get done. Uh, at least most years, they don't manage to get them done. First of all, um, they just have not managed to figure out the quarterback position. They struggle.
2: They struggle with Jack, Jack Menberger. Uh, with all that talent they had with him, I mean, if the only thing is if you're a great, a good recruiter, at least just get a quarterback or convince somebody to transfer. I know, well, I know they wanted Braxton Miller to be their quarterback, but he
0: Yeah, well, Braxton Miller, him. Braxton Miller wouldn't have fixed things. So I mean, he would have helped a little bit, but Braxton Miller was a guy that was third on the depth chart at the school where he was. You know, what I mean, he was he we, starting
2: opening game
0: this year. At a, yeah. at, a, at, a, at Ohio State,
2: yeah, running back.
0: Oh well, yes. Opening
2: right. okay. day starter.
0: Yes, right, but not at quarterback.
2: I'm surprised he got the nod over Ezekiel Elliott. I think it's just to save him for later in the year. Run. Right?
0: Well, I mean, we'll see. Like I said, it, that's cute. That's a cute story. It's it's, it's cool and everything. I think he
2: could have pulled. Um, speaking of Ohio State quarterbacks, throughout prior him converting wide receiver, I think he, uh, if Braxton Miller was wide receiver. I think he'd be a lot converted. I think he'd be a lot better than 12 prior. Would be.
0: Well, we'll see. I mean, like I said, it's early. It's very early on in this process for... A lot of people sort of talk... If, first of all, it's a harder conversion to make than most people seem to realize. It's not an easy thing to suddenly go from taking a snap under center and dropping back, you know, making... It wasn't easy
2: for Brad Smith at first either. And he was an a yeah.
0: Well, Brett, well, Brad Smith was a really good quarterback. I don't think people realize how good a quarterback he was. And you want him to it go back to the
2: quarterback, quarterback? You expressed
0: before. I'm just saying, people forget how good he was a quarterback. He was a really good quarterback. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't the guy that had no business playing quarterback. He was better than Joe Webb. He was better than a lot of these guys out there that are be sort of conversion type. Uh I thought he was better than Seneca Wallace. You know, who ended up staying a, a quarterback. A long
2: time quarterback. Yeah. mostly a backup. But he became yeah. a starter for a few times
0: and He was briefly a starter, right, for about a you know, year and a half or so, but it looked a- like he
2: threw up himself threw up on himself on Monday night football for the Packers. It looked
3: right. like he, he
1: was it. that was awful. How he played for just that series. and up getting hurt. Um, I guess the open version. Well, I'm sorry. I was gonna say it's it's simply that's more difficult than people.
0: It's easy to say, oh, let's just move this guy to back. Let's move this guy to safety. Let's just move this guy to I mean, you know whatever I position you like.
2: I mean, I guess an easier position may be tight end, but I don't think they're big enough.
1: Well, I mean... And also,
2: you'd have to be willing to block.
0: Right. Well, two things help you. You, one, you have to have the frame for it. You know, guys like Logan Thomas, guys like Ben Roethlisberger, those are guys that have sometimes even played some tight end back when they were in high school. Logan Thomas
2: would be a good tight end
1: league. I'm sorry. Well, Uh, he says he he has the opportunity to be a good one, certainly. Yeah, I'd agree. But even then, you know, it's harder than people realize. The
0: the good news, like I said, is that these guys have an opportunity because they understand the game at a high level. And tight ends do have to be very football savvy because you have to know route concepts. You have to know, you know, things about the blitz. You have to understand about run and pass blocking. But like I said, quarterbacks
1: also have to have knowledge of that. So it's, it's an easier change for some of those guys to make. You have the frame for it. Um, jumping back
2: into pro, um, just for a moment, were you surprised the Texans announced their starter already week two after week two of the preseason, announcing Brian Hoyer?
0: No, no, I'm not.
1: And the more I'm you know about. And the more you know about Bill O'Brien, the more sense it makes. Clearly, I have not watched Hard Knocks at all.
0: Well, I mean, whether or not you've watched Hard Knocks, if you just know about him from yeah. your past experience with him with Penn State or past experience with him with the Patriots or any place you ever Well, coach, they were both
2: on the Patriots.
0: Well, no matter where he's coached, right, everywhere he's coached, he's a guy that likes to establish certain things. He wants his quarterback to be something that's established and that's something that people can rally around. And it's taking one less thing away. He doesn't want to spend more time on this. So if he gets his quarterback situation squared away quickly, it's less time spent on this, on the this being a story and this being a thing and this being a big deal. So if it's knocked out, boom, dealt with. Now I can move on to something different.
2: Also, of course, he mentioned it's not going to be a long... I mean, he didn't say it's not like you're on a short leash or anything, but, you know, if we're like three games and we stink, we're going to go to the other guy.
3: Of course. Um, But that's
0: every... I mean, that's with the exception of a few... You know, really established starters. That's the story for everybody. Most whether, whether they tell you or not, all but a very short, yeah, with the exception of a very short, you know, list of really elite level starting quarterbacks. You could say that about McCown. You could say, you could say that about a um, bunch of guys. You know that. You know that. Everyone understands that if something goes badly, the things they haven't live off to a good start, if you know, the team is looking bad, if you're playing badly, I mean most guys you don't lose their time if they're playing badly. That's not unique to the quarterback position. That's quarterbacks probably get more of a leash, you know, a longer leash than hey, if you're a corner and you stink, you know, and it's five games into the season, they gotta take a look at somebody else or less, if you're a defensive tackle and you're getting pushed around all over the place, they're going to take you out. It might be game one. <laughs> Nobody makes a big deal about it. It's only because quarterback is this super special position that everyone gets all excited about. They make a big deal on the fact that guys lose their jobs sometimes. Guys get benched all the time. The other position don't even talk about it. So I would say we successfully small handful of elite-level quarterbacks. Most people need to talk about. Go ahead.
2: I guess my belief on the whole thing is you're going to see all three quarterbacks this year, including Tom Savage. Until Aaron yeah. Foster gets back, the, the offense is going nowhere.
0: I think the only way you see Savage is if somebody gets hurt. Um, I don't think he trusts Savage yet. I think he at least trusts the first two, though he trusts Hoyer more than anybody. And for good reason, Hoyer's the most trustworthy. Is he the most talented? No, he's the least talented. Both have and now have more talent than Hoyer, but Hoyer's the most trustworthy. He's the kind of guy that's going to be a great long-term number two somewhere for somebody. But in their situation, he has to start because they don't have a starter. So you'll see him out there. You know, Mallet and Savage are clearly more gifted in terms of the ability to throw the football. And, you know, Mallet has size. And Savage has a little bit of strength and athletic ability. He's not super athlete, but he showed you some sort of Tony Romo-esque kind of moves in his last preseason game. But the oh, issue... I'm sorry, sorry. to oh, so say the issue is they don't have a starter yet. They're, they're going to be drafting up where that you know, mark my words.
2: Well, the, in the beginning of the show, I mentioned a few back backups and some teams, you know, some players I would like to see probably start, you know, get a shot. Like, every. It, well, my first one was uh, Mike Glennon. I mean, the Bills could. I, if I were the Bills, they'll get him. Big arm, you know, hopefully. Please improved enough with not throwing enough interceptions. You got Sam Watkins, Robert Woods going out. You got Charles Clay, you got Weston McCoy, and you have a loaded defense.
3: Why are you going to waste time
2: on E.J. Manuel, uh, Tyrod Taylor? and Well,
0: I mean, people forget Tyrod Taylor beat out Joe Flacco when they were both with the Ravens. And then Taylor was number one on the depth chart, and he got sick. That's how Flacco ended up starting. Tyrod Taylor is a very legitimate NFL quarterback. And the only thing Glennon gives you over Rick Taylor is height. (laughs) You know? I mean, other than that, they're pretty even. And I would give Taylor a slight advantage because he's a guy that can escape, you know, can do things outside the pocket, which Glennon cannot. As Phil pointed out, Glennon moves like a baby giraffe.
2: And my other slamming spot for him was the Jets. I know they like Teddy. They're uh, grooming him. And then maybe a three-year thing. Maybe even longer, depending on how he develops. But imagine well, him I mean, that offense, slinging it to Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, uh, Jeremy Curley, Jason Morrow, and Cumbie. Um, in that defense.
0: Well, that makes that makes a little more sense in that, you know, he hurt, at least for a while, and... You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you pretty much know what you got there. I mean, he's gonna be a guy with a one to one, pretty much touchdown to interception ratio. Well, you know, one point two five to one, maybe. So, you know, he might give you, you know, four touchdowns every three interceptions that he throws. So
2: he had one great game last year. I think he threw six touchdowns sure. in one game. You know, well,
0: he will, he will flash, games here but
2: he will not win more than six games for you.
0: Well, it's not so much an issue. With the, if you have a good enough team, you can win more than six games, they, but that's not the issue. I mean, Chan Gailey, and he had a six-plus game, when, had, what, he won eight games one year together uh, back in, with Buffalo, but that's not so much the issue with 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 Fitz Magic. Uh The real issue is that like so many – I mean, he's not that different from Mandy Dalton, if you want to be god's honest truth about it. He's a guy who is not. They're not that different. Um, he's a good athlete. He's got a probably slightly better arm than Dalton. But he's a guy that can't see the backside. What makes guys like Peyton and Brady special? They see everything. Or if they can't actually see it with their eyes, they know where everything is. They have a feel for every single thing that's happening everywhere on the field. And they can do that at, uh, you know, on an elite level, right? They do that at an elite level. They know everything that's always going on everywhere, right? They feel, know, and understand that at a super high level.
2: Okay, this is something I've been wondering. Why hasn't anybody gave Chase Daniel a chance?
0: Chase Daniel... I would
2: like to see get a chance.
0: Chance? Get a chance, dude. But he's a guy that's fighting to hold on to the number two spot most places where he's been. I mean, he's a good Sean Payton, Sean Payton liked him, but he wanted too much up, money. It was not just that last part of it, but also Ryan Griffin gave you more. Ryan Griffin was a guy with more upside, so
2: yeah, do you they love upgraded the McCown over Ryan Griffin.
0: I'm just saying that Ryan Griffin is a guy who. I could see being a very high-level number two, and a guy who could spot start and look pretty darn good doing it.
1: Well, some he
0: other guys. I'm guy. oh, sorry, good. i just he has more to work with. He has better components than a guy like Chase Daniel has. Chase Daniel's a decent player, don't get me wrong, but uh, he has pretty severe limitations. He's essentially a shorter version of Alex Smith,
2: who actually and can throw the ball to receivers. More than ten yards downfield.
0: His arm isn't exactly a power arm. Chase Daniels not exactly well, cannon.
2: <laughs> well, I know he's pushing that balls on field a lot better than Smith. He actually threw. He's thrown six touchdowns to wide receivers, at least this preseason. Unlike Alex Smith did all last season. Um, he just looked. He's just looked fantastic. Now, you people forget already that. He he was the reason why San Diego was, wasn't able to get into the playoffs. He would play the lights out. Um, and another guy on that team that I like to see get a shot somewhere else is Aaron Murray.
0: Well, Aaron Murray is basically a Jim better Bull, version. Jim will agree
2: with me on that.
0: But in Aaron Murray, you're talking basically a, a better version of Chase Daniel. That's what you're talking about. He's just a better version of Chase Daniel. So he's a guy that I like. He's a guy I root for. He's a guy I think will have a, a long NFL career.
2: You will, Let um, me guess you're not going to root for Tyler Bray at all.
0: Well, Tyler Bray, first of all, he's, he's an odd fit because he's nothing like the other quarterbacks that Andy Reid has basically ever had. I mean, you can go back to the Bobby Hoying days. You know, you can go back to the, I mean, look at all the quarterbacks you've ever had, the Jeff Garcia's, the... A.J. Feelys, the... A.J. Uh, Feelys, Donovan McNabb. The Brothers. Anybody you know a name, right, going back to his earliest days when he first got to Philadelphia, none of them have been like Bray. Bray is essentially a less intelligent I mean, version of a guy like Carson Palmer, right? He's, uh, you know, the big Orange County kid tours. with the big arm.
1: I
2: don't even. I don't even think anybody really knows how he tore his ACL.
0: I think everybody knows that. <laughs> but but, but part, part of the Carson Palmer comparison, the difference is he didn't, you know, tear it in a, you know, in a in a in a playoff game, trying to lead his team, team to a championship. He's the guy who would
2: have won that game if Palmer didn't do it.
0: Probably, you know, we'll never know. But yes, probably. Here's the thing. He's a guy that doesn't have an amazing personality, you know, in terms of quarterback personality. He's one of those guys that people necessarily automatically rallying around. He's kind of got a, a blame everyone but me kind of mentality, giving questions about his work ethic, really going back to his early days at Tennessee. Here's the thing. Here's a guy who has as much ability as every number two, and more than some number one in the league. But I don't think he'll ever be a number one. And I don't know if he'll, ever be, if he'll ever be able to hold on to his job as a number two for any length of time anywhere he ever plays, because I don't think he gets it, what it takes to be an NFL quarterback. I'm not sure if he gets that. I hope he does, though. I root for, you know, every kid who has a chance to take advantage of that chance. But thus far, he has shown little to no propensity to do so.
1: Hopefully that um, will
3: change.
2: I guess some other guys I named was um, a good fit, I believe, the Texans. You know, he'll well, need that? a bunch of coach. I mean, a good fit, I think, would think the Texans would be Kirk Cousins. I'll just need a couple, just a little bit of coaching up, though. So, you know, he'll need to get over his... Uh, down moments after he throws an interception, like he loses after he throws an interception, like
0: he's not the Well, same. here's the issue. Here's the issue with a guy like Cubs. He doesn't fit what um, Bill O'Brien likes
1: in a quarterback, so that's the an issue with him. I mean, other than
2: that, he would be a perfect fit. Other than what he wants right. in a quarterback, but
0: right. he likes big, strong guys who play for the Patriots. Basically, that's what he wants.
1: Um that's what he really liked. Um, I thought the Browns were the best fit though.
0: The Browns are a decent fit for cousins. Um the Chiefs are a great fit for cousins. Uh, Philadelphia is a pretty good fit for cousins. I mean, there's a lot of places we well,
2: can stick around. Well I was Kirk saying cousins. like a starter material if you were to go find a place to start.
0: I don't know if Kirk Cousins is a starter any place. Um He's the kind of guy. Right now he's that,
2: better than the starter in Washington right now.
0: Based on what? His numbers aren't better. Um, oh, it's not a his his number better. He's, well, what is? His what play. is it we're going by?
2: I'm going by his play. He's outperformed RG3. Not,
0: not, against, all the same, all not against the not against, not against the ones. <laughs> against, he's he's not playing against the same guys. That's a that's a trap people fall into in preseason. He's not playing against the number one.
2: I'm not talking about his preseason tape. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. I'm
1: not talking.
2: I'm not talking about his preseason tape.
1: Okay. So what are we talking about?
2: Um, we. I saw some glimpses in uh, rookie year. Uh, glimpses in his sophomore year. I know he didn't win a game in that stretch in his sophomore year, and with the Redskins.
3: But uh, it's
2: not about really winning the games. He's just shown some it seems like he has the potential, I believe.
0: He has he just the needs, potential. He has, he has the potential in an ideal situation to become another Andy Dalton type, but he's a limited guy. He doesn't have tremendous talent. He's a guy who well, is You don't best need a guy with it.
2: tremendous talent. You can need a guy with, you know, the right mindset. You know, Peyton Manning does not have the greatest talent.
0: And Peyton, Peyton Manning has Peyton Manning is and both. Both. Peyton Manning is both. People underestimate Peyton's talent. And okay, I don't mean running. Wrong. I, don't mean, I don't mean running and jumping. I mean that's not he's, he's not a track athlete, but he has incredible football talent. It doesn't it just means it doesn't mean that he's a great physical athlete. Here's what you have to understand. Kirk Cousins has thrown some truly boneheaded interceptions. I mean, I, I don't know how anybody could deny that if you've watched Kurt I've watched his entire career even back to Michigan State, and he's thrown some tremendously bone interceptions, even back to then. Is he a guy with uh, leadership skills? Is he a guy that has a good attitude? Sure, he's an awesome attitude, but you can't tell me... I mean, once again, you can't love Kirk Cousins and hate Ryan Fitzpatrick because they're very close to being the same guy. They have uh, a lot they,
1: of the same strengths and weaknesses, except Fitzpatrick has a slightly stronger arm. Um, Well, I guess one more guy on the list
2: I mentioned was going to mention Zach Mettenberger. It looks like he's improved a lot on what he's shown a little bit. I know he was horrendous in the preseason last year. I know, but I mean his progressions reading downfield, he looks like he's improved a lot in his second year. Uh, I mean, that's what a lot of people are looking for, though, in a quarterback, though. He has a He's not afraid to go downfield. Um, he has a big cannon for an arm. That's what people fall in love with, a big cannon, you, know, um, you know, being able to get the ball downfield and that, you know, just stuff
1: like that. And an ideal fit, I thought, um, Well, here's what he is. He's a courageous guy in the pocket
0: with a strong arm, and uh, amongst the things he does well, obviously, you know he can throw the ball deep. You know, anyone who's seen him play once, you know, you know what they call grandma scouting, right? You can literally have seen him play one time, and you realize that he's a guy with with unusual arm talent. And Cam Cameron, you know, no it less looks than like Cam he's Cameron. Cam Cameron himself, who, you know, was his coach one year in college and also worked, obviously, uh, for three years with um, Flacco, compared the two to each other. He said this guy, you know, is a guy that has the potential to be very similar to Flacco, and he does. He has a lot of things in common with Joe Flacco. He's a guy with a, he's a big, strong arm uh, who is unmoved you know unfrightened undisturbed by being blitzed you know by people coming at him by people around him uh, sometimes it was his detriment he sometimes is a little too
2: he was a statue last year
0: in the pocket and he'll never be super great in the pocket in terms of maneuvering and things like that he's a big heavy footed kid he's got a, like I said mm-hmm. the Derek out Derek out understands sort of the floor on him. Derek Anderson's the floor, and the ceiling's flack up, but he's a guy that has like I said a lot of the things that quarterback coaches can fall in love with. The guy's got enough intellect, he's got the arm he's got size he's very courageous he's willing to hang right in there and get absolutely crushed by the rush and basically. Either he doesn't see it, or if he does see it, he doesn't react to it. And like I said, he he lacks not one one iota for courage. Uh, You just have to figure out if your system is going to work with him, and can you do enough to protect him.
2: I found two ideal spots. First off, the Browns. Second off, the, the Texans.
0: Well, the Texans make perfect sense, but they already got him. His name is Ryan Mallett. That's kind of the same guy twice.
2: I, I if I had to give who's a better player, I would probably say Metcalf over Mallett. Would you agree at all?
0: I, I might give the slight edge. I mean, we just see much more of Mettenberger. Mallett's never had a chance thus far, at least. He's to sort be a of an enigma right now. Order. Yeah, we've never seen mounts a tease because, you know, we we never get a chance to really see.
2: And he just uh, looks awful in the preseason every year, and people want to see him during the regular season, and he just can't show it.
0: Right? Like I said, we um we haven't had a chance to really see what he might be yet, at least. You know, that's it's still kind of a, a question mark as what this guy might be given a chance to, to do this thing long-term, but no one's ever seen him do it long-term. As I just pointed out, he's, you know, a question mark. Is it? You know, we, no one yet knows what he might be. So that's a, you know, who knows? That's a question mark. Like it's just a, what might he be one day? Who knows? No one knows. Absolutely I'm, no one knows what he might be yet.
2: I'm not saying you should intentional the starter or any of these days, but I'm just saying, you know, have them compete for a starting job. Compete, that's all you can do, really. Sure. I mean, honestly, it wouldn't be anything if there was 32 great starting in a quarterback. I think well, it would it be awesome.
3: It would be
0: great if there were 32 great in those are <laughs> where. It's never happened yet because so far quarterbacks are very rare things. You know, good starters, although great starters are extremely hard to come by and rare, but it'd be awesome um, if we could somehow have a situation where we had a good number of really good
1: NFL starters. And college would have to help by doing a better job preparing these guys, obviously.
2: Mm right now we're in the final four minutes of the show today. Um, So I'm going to wrap it up with um,
1: one more question for you. Oh, great. You think, uh, well, according to some people on Twitter, this is Vegas, when you go, Tim Cable
2: is doing this, do you think he makes the roster? Do you think he beats out Mark- I mean, Matt Barkley?
1: Um, no. I mean, I think that I think that he might
0: find a way with the roster, but it doesn't necessarily mean that Barkley's done. I, I wouldn't be shocked if there was some way that he managed.
2: he a off for it?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's the one person, the one
1: person um, that might actually do it. (laughs) Um, You know, try to figure out a way to keep. It's not guaranteed by a stretch
0: of imagination, but we'll see.
1: You know, we'll see if he actually, if anyone would keep them all. That person would be Chip Kelly. All right, uh, Bill. Let everybody know
2: where you can, they can find your work and where they can follow you on Twitter. And
3: sure.
0: Well, you can find me at either uh, B Carroll B C A R R O L L one thirty eight, uh, or at B one thirty eight, or you can find me at eleven Bravo. That's E L E V E N. Uh, the word, not the number. B-R-A-B-O-138. I've um, got a couple of articles about to show up, including some things that I do with my all underappreciated and all-emerging list, showing up on FanSpeak under the CDS sub-banner, and then uh, I'm going to do two players that I think are the most deserving of all of main consideration for each of the 32, who aren't already in, for each of the 32 teams, that's 64 players and all, and I might do maybe one honorable mention guy who, you know, just out of the running, so at least two guys and maybe a third uh, for each one of the 32 teams in the NFL. So that will be coming out in the next few days as well.
1: All right, Bill. Thank you for joining me today.
0: Sure. My pleasure.
2: I will talk to you Friday. and feeling a draft.
0: Well, you know where to find me.
2: All right. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: that was the one, the only, Bill Carroll. Um, so, basically, we're going to be doing this every Wednesday, uh, we're
2: probably going to do it, uh, more than likely in the afternoon, will probably be
1: posted, um, uh, sometime mid-morning. Um, um but... Like I said, we're going to bring in a few guests, or try bringing a few guests every week. I could tell Rory Anderson can going to be my co host. Um, so, yeah, um, That I guess that's going to do it for today's edition.
2: Um, We will see you guys all in one week.
1: Excellent. Talk to you soon.